0: Hey, welcome back aboard the Starlight car. I can't tell you how happy I am to see you again. I'm your host, Scott B., and I know it's been quite a while since we last spoke, but really, I am just very happy that you came. My editor-in-chief, John Machonsky, has joined me in the parlor this time around to speak with a very special guest, the incomparable gamer of a certain age, Food for Dogs, for a great conversation about getting into YouTube and, of course, the PS Vita. As always, our musical accompaniment is a super chill remix of Aquamarine by Magic Circuit, available off their self-titled album, Magic Circuit. You can follow them at Magic Circuit on Twitter for more information. And if you like what we do aboard the Starlight Car, I implore you to check out videogamechoochoo.com for more great content. Or if you're feeling just a little bit too rich, you can always donate to us at patreon.com slash vgcc. Now with all the much ado's much ado'n, I think it's time to kick back, relax, and grab yourself a drink. We'll catch you after the music.
1: I assume that you do quite a bit of audio editing.
0: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I uh, uh, I edit another podcast outside of stuff I do on here. I edit this podcast as well. Yeah, I, The other one I edit is like a comedy podcast and that one's like really, really hard to edit because... Mm-hmm. Uh, like you have to make sure you're nailing like comic timing and we're also doing that online so sometimes like someone might say something where they're tripping over someone else or like someone will say a joke mm. and then they like the other people don't hear it because the audio cuts out on their end so they have to like repeat it and it's just like you gotta mm. you gotta cut all of that down <laughs> so it becomes like really really like really really digestible for listeners yes
1: I I don't ever want to get into that side <laughs> (laughs) of things because I I had to start learning how to video edit. It was the one thing in all my years of working with computers and software and servers and goodness knows what. I've done a lot, but I always looked at video editing and said, I'm never going there. (laughs) Uh, Famous last words, I had to eat those. Yeah. Um, (laughs) because if you have a channel and you want to put out something that looks halfway decent you've got to at least know how to cut and splice a video (laughs) so yeah that that was for me really the biggest (laughs) learning curve i'd have to say Mm.
0: i started out learning final cut pro and like after Mm. school taking extra stuff and that was like really fun but also i was the youngest person in that like extraneous learning class it was like all adults so anytime I would yep. say like any of my ideas, they all laughed at me. It was so mean.
1: Mm. Yeah. So uh, anyway, I'm uh, I've I've moved up in the world. I've now got an <laughs> an actual professional video editing program. Um, yeah. You see, if it stops being fun, then for me there isn't really much point in doing it. For so sure. it's imp- it's important that I enjoy what i do you know for a hobby channel uh the moment it becomes frustrating or whatever i would probably just stop you know that's not the point of it yeah
0: so like how exactly did you get started in youtube
1: i actually have a little timeline um, oh. <laughs> yeah because well you know a uh, senior memory it's not what it used <laughs> to be frankly <laughs> I had actually no intention of starting a, a YouTube channel, so <laughs> we
0: never do. I, yeah,
1: I, no, we never. No, we never do. Do we? It was just. <laughs> um, I wanted to share a little bit of video clip gameplay with a few friends, three or four friends, you know. I wanted to show them what I was playing so we could talk about it. Sure. And I noticed that it's really, really easy to record gameplay on the <laughs> PS4. Right. So I just hit that button and recorded. The game I was playing, which not many people seem to know about.
0: Uh, what what game was it, if you remember?
1: It's called. Yeah, I do because I've made my notes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I don't. Uh,
0: I don't remember the first thing I ever recorded <laughs> on video. So
1: I don't know if you if you've watched my videos, you might have seen me oh, okay. always shuffling about bits of paper. You know, <laughs> I al- I always have notes. You know, you've got to have something to hang on to. Um, The game was Children of Zodiacs, and it's a card-based tactics game with dice rolling. So I recorded a few short videos, and they served the purpose, and that was fine. And I thought great, I can do that again in the future (laughs) if the need arises. But um, the the mystery is how I ever thought of doing something completely different. And I can only (laughs) think it was a complete, you know, on the spur of the moment, oh, that would be fun to try. (laughs) You know, I, I love just trying out different projects. It's just, you know, that's just me. And... For some reason, I thought of videoing myself uh, doing an unboxing. I'd seen a few unboxings on YouTube and I was a bit puzzled. uh, But then I realised, yes, they do serve a purpose. And I had ordered a, a PS Vita from Japan... Not my first one. I hasten to add, it was one in a <laughs> one in a long line. Um, For sure. But it was my first secondhand Vita order directly from Japan, and I had no idea what I would be getting. Uh, the whole experience was new to me, so I thought I'll share it with my friends. You know, a few people on Vita Island I know who'd be interested in that. So I set up my phone camera to record myself, you know, a bit awkwardly, of course. But um, yeah, I just did a, a short unboxing, showing the secondhand Vita, giving my thoughts on the process of ordering from Japan, because people, you know, always ask about that sort of thing, especially on Twitter. And and I thought nothing more of it. I shared it with a few people and said, have a look at this. And and that was really the end of the story for me, except that when I happened to check back on YouTube a few weeks later, I thought there was a fair number of views, <laughs> many more than just my immediate <laughs> friends on Peter sure. Island. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> and I got some comments, people saying, oh, this is great. And, you know, where did you order it from and stuff like that? So I thought, well, there seems to be interest and that's great. If I can spread any Vita news, um, you know, Vita news is good news. I, I thought, <laughs> it- It's a good thing to do. You know, it's part of being on Vita Island. <laughs> so this particular video, I recorded that I I put it up on YouTube on the 9th of October 2018. So that's now some time ago. Um and to date that's racked up two and a half thousand views. Nice. It's one it's one of my most popular videos. <laughs> and what I find so interesting about that is that I I was working with the you know, with the simplest setup you can imagine, <laughs> you know, just a phone stuck on a table and me unboxing a box. Right. It doesn't get simpler than that. <laughs> and, and, uh, and and the recording is obviously very amateurish, but people didn't mind because they were obviously interested. And that showed me that you don't have to be flash. You just have to do something that people are interested in. I think that's a good motto to remember to remind yourself of sometimes, you know, we get so caught up once you have a channel that's up and running and has subscribers, we you know, we get caught up in all the details of video editing and doing this and maybe improving that. Um but in the end I always come back to is this a topic that interests people? Right. And I've I've just been lucky in that I've had 99% of the time uh, really incredibly kind and supportive comments and messages so and they tell me what people like to see and uh, what they're really interested in that's really cool yeah so that's that's really how it started and and then I thought well people don't know who I am because Uh, I noticed that the people who arrived on my YouTube channel were not necessarily on Twitter, so there were two quite separate audiences
0: right like someone grabs one of those videos they start spreading it to their friends and then their friends y- yes. bring it to like whatever and, and, community they're interested
1: and quite often people just arrive by complete accident really <laughs> yeah. you know you'd get, get a pro, you'd get a comment saying oh I had no idea what this was and how I ended up here but I'm, I'm glad I got here you know yeah, yeah. So. that feels like how
0: we find most videos these days <laughs>
1: Yes. It, it's actually part of the fun really isn't it browsing around yeah mm-hmm. uh, so i decided to do a a, a short video uh, as a welcome video that people if if they arrive at the channel for the first time it pops up sort of automatically to tell them who i am and what i do and i called that welcome to food for dogs mm-hmm. and i did that in may 2019 and and that has proved very good because watching it they realize i'm on twitter it's about vita island but also about other handhelds and other platforms so yeah uh, and i just went on from there you know experimenting doing this doing that and just just learning on the job you know i i expect every youtuber will have a similar story for sure
0: yeah uh you mentioned vita island a couple Mm. times like what exactly is that that's like Mm. the community you you came around mostly
1: Uh, yes i don't actually know when it started or uh, uh it goes too far back. And, right. and Twitter, it's purely a Twitter thing. And Twitter twitter being very short-lived, you cannot look <laughs> back. You know, I can't look at three years ago, right. what happened. You know, it's uh, after two weeks, most of the messages are gone. For sure. So, so Vita Island is a hashtag, hashtag Vita Island on Twitter. And that's where... Originally, I would say the hardcore Vita fans assembled, and we used to we used to know each other. Everybody knew each other, and we just talked Vita, you know, all day long, basically. That's cool. Into the night, yeah, mm, yeah
0: you you see a lot of communities pop up around things like uh like uh like more specific social media platforms like reddit or like discord channels stuff like that it's very interesting to me seeing specifically a twitter community revolving around like one tag mm. that that just means like anyone who's at all interested in vita and who's on twitter could come across that and just immediately be like, oh, I love Vita's. Here's mine. Mm -hmm. Here's all eight of the ones I own.
1: Yeah, yeah. It has proved very um, successful, really, because it's so easy to use. Right. And the one thing about the Vita community is that they're obviously very, very committed. (laughs) You have to be, if you're with a a small legacy handheld console, you have to be very committed. Um, And... We there was a sort of early um attitude that we all helped each other. If somebody said, "I have a problem, we don't leave them just hanging there, you know mm-hmm. we just uh, spread the message and there's always somebody who has an answer, you know so I, I think that Sort of it registered with people, it registered with the developers and publishers who still do publish small indie games for the Vita. so they directly plug into the Vita Island community oh really uh, t- to promote their um to promote their games, you know, and get feedback, and I think that's proved really vital. In keeping the flow of games coming, uh, because otherwise the Vita would be completely dead, really. Mm-hmm. Sure. So, and recently um, I've seen uh, there are several YouTube channels that specialize just in Vita content. And <laughs> on one of them, I saw the other day that GameStop in the United States used the term Vita Island. To promote really? a tw- twenty-four-hour sale of Vita games, they obviously <laughs> had some some old stock to get rid of. I yeah, they
0: they know who to target to. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, they just put up a big, you know, Vita island, and uh, it's, uh, so it it sort of it's almost entered mainstream, I suppose. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it, it, has it entered mainstream, or is it like the last bastion of Vita supporters?
1: Well, well, it is. It is actually that is. <laughs> is a completely correct way of putting it. It really is the last bastion, yes. Um, but it's a it's a good place to be. I, I, I've never had the sort of toxic stuff that happens in most communities somewhere Mm -hmm. oh you're Uh, so lucky yeah yeah you know what i mean Uh, for sure we are we're generally free of that yes um that's wonderful
0: yeah that's really nice uh,
1: and and that's important to me because i i don't want any aggro when i'm on twitter (laughs) you know absolutely Uh, So. Uh, That's really my main community on Twitter Mm -hmm. that I interact with um, during the day. Uh, But, of course, it spreads wider as (laughs) well. But uh, I I met a lot of people through Twitter and through the Vita Island community, and I'm really happy about that. Um, It's been a big part of my life, and I I hope it will continue because uh, we just keep playing our Vitas, you know.
0: (laughs) It's so nice. My my Twitter experience is nowhere near as nice as that. It's just everyone <laughs> angry all the time. Yeah, i not. And then some like good jokes. Uh,
1: that's why I I try to keep to the excuse me, positive side right. on, on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I think it's important, you know, to build up positive communities and try and avoid too much of the negativity because otherwise, uh, it can influence you. you I know? It, yeah, it can uh,
0: definitely wear on you sometimes.
1: Yeah, it's it's not it's not good for mental health really for to sure. be exposed to too much of that. Mm. So that's why I like focusing on doing what interests me, what other people enjoy, so I can talk with them about it and just keep away from this um, sort of negative miasma mm-hmm. that builds up. And once, once it does, it swallows everything. It's horrible, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, nowadays, we have to make an effort, probably, to stay away from it and to build up uh, what we are doing in a positive sense. That's pretty much my message. And I have a feeling it sort of resonates on YouTube in particular I get a lot of comments, uh, and I'm always surprised, but people seem to like that. I, I try to focus on what's good mm-hmm. and what's enjoyable, you know. It's very easy to criticize, you know, but that's not always the most helpful thing, mm-hmm. you know. Of course. <laughs> For there, sure. Yeah. There's very few things in life that are perfect. Mm-hmm. You'd have to look very, very hard, you know. <laughs> There, there's always, a, I believe in taking a more balanced view, you know. Mm-hmm. And if a game has many enjoyable aspects to offer, then I'm prepared to uh, accept the not-so-good aspects as well. You know, they're part of the package, and uh, there's really no need to to throw a wobbly over things like that.
2: You said that it's it's always nice to have... You know, folks join the Vita Island. Uh, When did you uh, find the Vita and um, how did you get into it? And I guess to uh, kind of append to that, how would you recommend somebody get into the Vita today?
1: Okay, interesting question. Yes. I bought my first Vita in 2013. Mm. It wasn't launch time because that was 2012 in the West. Mm -hmm. But because I didn't actually start gaming myself until 2013, Mm. uh, that's why um, I only got into my first platforms in that year. Uh, So that was my first Vita And I still have it. And after using it on a daily basis for seven years, (laughs) it is still going strong. There's absolutely nothing wrong with it. It's built like a tank. (laughs) That original model 1000 Vita with the OLED screen. It's just amazing, really. It's an amazing piece of kit. Uh, and it has amazing games. So uh, I I really, <laughs> I, I can't see you, you know, you, you can't lose if you get a Vita, yeah. really. Mm. You can't lose. And we see a lot of people coming in uh, to Vita Island, the Vita community these days, because they want to get into um, modding and right. uh, Using uh, all kinds of software on the Vita, yeah. from emulators mm-hmm. to a variety of other things. So There's a whole range of options. Um, my uh,
0: my roommate also has a home- like he's homebrewed his Vita. It's really neat. Like everyone yeah, I know yeah. who has a Vita, absolutely loves it. Yeah, and it sounded like you kind of got in at like the prime time for mm-hmm. it. Yeah,
2: absolutely.
1: Yes, the um the homebrew scene is actually. Uh, Amazing for the Vita, very very lively. Oh yeah. Um, I don't have time to follow all of it because there's so much <laughs> going on. For sure. Um, so one, the only thing I always make absolutely clear is that I am no friend of piracy. Uh, that is completely unhelpful for video game development. But there are so many good and legit uses for homebrew right. uh, that that I don't really think um there's a need um for a uh, people pirating games wholesale. That's just a very bad attitude. Yeah, and,
0: like there are people uh, who go into it one hundred percent just wanting to, yeah. you know, take games they've never played mm-hmm. before. I I, yeah. I personally believe there's like sort of ethical uses of that kind of thing, where like if it's mm-hmm. something you already owned or purchased, then like I personally yeah. don't see like a moral failing of like wanting to play it on a different platform. No. But like, you know, some people just want to steal games. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, exactly. I, th- I think there's a difference between, you know, owning a game and, and then wanting to maybe enjoy it on a, uh, you know, on a platform like the Homebrew right. Vita. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's completely different from never, ever uh, paying for your games mm-hmm. and then boasting that you get everything for free. Yeah, that, uh, th- that there... is so
2: like stick up your nose
1: <laughs> i feel sorry for devs and publishers who who have suffered because of that mm-hmm. because it's it's so unhelpful uh, for for all of the gaming community you know we want good games and that means these people have to be able to work and to have an income mm-hmm. so that's that's all i wanted to mention on that score just to make absolutely sure where I stand and that's what I make quite clear on my channel as well Mm -hmm. Um, but uh, apart from that um, there are so many amazing Vita games available people have no idea often of the size of the library on the Vita add into that uh, the Extensive back library of classic PS1 games and PSP games, and you've got a really um fantastic range of games available. I've got so many, I'm not sure I'll I'll be able to <laughs> play them all before before i hit the timer <laughs> and and they call me off into the afterlife you know oh, it's no. uh, i've i've got to collect i do collect i do collect i confess to being a collector uh, and i've got um, i think i've got about 360 physical vita games wow. oh that's amazing that's actually you'd be surprised it's not not that's a fair amount. <laughs>
0: absolutely. In, I know. In, I know in, how many games I own personally. I don't know if I own that many games, let alone yeah. Vita games.
2: I mean, yeah, yeah m- maybe if I count the Steam games I own, definitely, but otherwise, oh, well, no, yeah. absolutely not.
0: My physical collection is like I've I've tried to actually. Comb it down over the years because I've had to move around all over the place. Yeah. So it's like yeah. I, I want to carry less with me when I go, but it's, I still have pretty much everything from, I have from since I had a Nintendo. I, like at this point, I'm just interested in like digital libraries because
2: that just, mm-hmm. that just makes it way easier for me. For me, I love physical games. I am, I am in me the too. same boat as you. Um, I know that you really <laughs> like, uh, like the limited editions with the art books and all that, mm. and that is something that yeah. I respect so much. I, <laughs> you know, I, I wish I had the space and funds to just buy every special edition. Cause like recently I got the, uh, the Xenoblade Chronicles special edition and that comes with, su- Yay! yeah, that comes with <laughs> such a lovely art book. And, um, oh, I know.
1: Mm, i i I just
2: wish that i could have that for every game uh there's there's so much history in that and so much love you can feel the love that the developers had (laughs) yeah i I do i do love to get a taste of that with with those special editions
1: yep Uh, i totally agree and it feels almost like a privilege to be able to share that obvious passion for for the games mm-hmm. and the work that went into them. So yeah, I I, I love doing unboxings because I talk about the games, about their background, the history, who made them, mm-hmm. uh, about the art style, the music. Um, I always try to put on the music track if there's one in a limited <laughs> edition. So we've got the music in the background. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think it's important rather than just sort of um, picking things out of a box saying, oh, here it is, and then that's <laughs> the end of the unboxing. That That's boring to me. You know, so uh, I I think it's important to to talk about what it actually is, because it's not just a physical product like a like a bag of sugar. You know, Mm -hmm. Uh, there's a lot more going on with these games and these limited editions. So uh, talking about it. It's important, and I have found that seems to be what attracts people to my um, videos.
2: It definitely helped uh, us find you, because I I just really like to see a lot of those things. Mm. It was just Mm. nice to see someone so passionate about the collector's editions and the history of the game. So that was definitely a bonus to see your channel, uh, just how passionate you were about what you were looking through um one of my one of my favorite videos of yours um i I, I don't i don't want to uh to to kiss butt too much (laughs) but um i i really liked your disgaea video just because of you were just so passionate and it as as someone who has tried to get into disgaea a a few times and couldn't really
1: Mm. it
2: made me want to give it another shot and that, that is something that I think a good video, a, a, someone who really cares, can do. You know, it's it, it's good to see yeah, yeah. someone just enjoy something so much.
1: Well, that's, a re- that's really nice to hear. Thank you. Um, And uh, it's funny that this Gaia video in particular, I've had a lot of comments like that. You see, I'm actually not even aware of what I do or how I come across I don't <laughs> script I don't script any of my um videos not the ones where I'm being filmed and I talk unbox and talk about them because um I tried it once off a script, and it was awful. It was just awful. It was so stagey, and, and right. I, I looked like some idiotic zombie, you know. It just doesn't work. I suppose the message is you you have to do what you're comfortable with right. and what works for you. You know, simple as that. Never try and force yourself into something. So I just talk literally off the top of my head. and That's really impressive. I always see myself as a very reserved, reclusive kind of personality. So the fact that I'm even on camera is a minor <laughs> miracle, I suppose. So it, that I come across as passionate is, is wonderful. I, I had no idea, you know. I I guess it's, it's great that at my time of life I can discover new experiences, you yeah. know. And I'm actually learning something about myself that I... Had never realised previously, <laughs> so I yeah.
0: That's really cool. That's
1: really that's really all I can say. I also have to mention here mm-hmm. that I have great support. Right. I have great support from my a partner who's called poodle park yes. and he does the camera work and that is just so helpful to have someone who films you intelligently knows what you're going to do next right. can can zoom in at the right moment wave a hand frantically if he notices <laughs> there's a reflection somewhere or i have to try and decipher his signals what have i done wrong now <laughs>
0: (laughs) that's really good like a lot of people don't get a don't get cameramen that are that proficient
1: no no it's a it's a it's a cooperation and um i i think it works really well you Mm -hmm. know so uh it's again it's a bit different from uh what many other channels do so yeah uh, i i I wasn't even aware of that but I, i i think it just it just helps to make I guess my channels different from others and <laughs> uh, and that's what attracts people, I suppose, for sure. Yeah.
0: I know personally, my favorite video of yours is the one where you're showing off your whole gaming space and showing off like your whole collection and everything because it one i I'm very jealous <laughs> of uh, one of one, but are also.
1: You're talking about the one where I'm walking around my gaming room, yes, yes, with the setup in the wardrobe, <laughs> and, yes. yeah, I've, I do
2: love that it's a very slick setup uh,
1: it, it's it's pretty neat, um, yeah, I sort of uh, custom designed it, but at a time when I really didn't have a clue yet <laughs> what, what it's like building up a collection or how to organize my equipment or anything. So it, it's amazing. It all somehow works. Um, if I may just mention, that is not my whole collection, what you oh, saw wow. there. Of a, 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 lot, a lot of it I have had to move into believe it or not our bedroom because there was no other room anywhere else available and we've got a big bookcase there so i keep a lot of stuff there like the bulkier um collector's editions and that mm-hmm. yeah i do get quite uh passionate about collecting and it- I have to say it can get quite addictive, so For sure, a bit of yeah. discipline is probably not a bad thing.
0: I brought up that video because I wanted to talk a little bit about the way you, you tend to make your videos, especially yeah. compared to... Uh, a lot of other youtubers where i think the kind of common ethos is we need to try to make this as sort of slick and professional as possible in a way that often comes off as like really off-putting especially when a lot of people don't have a lot of experience with professional video editing i think when it comes to the appeal of your videos is like one a lot of a lot of us especially a lot of people in the younger generation like tend to not see a lot of, a lot of older people embrace a lot of things that we consider like, our, like what we consider ours. And that's really, really endearing. Mm. And mm-hmm. I think, I think too, the way that you said you, you're completely off script for like, for, for all your videos. And that's mm. really, really impressive. Cause like, mm. even, even if I was trying to do stuff off the dome, I would at least have like a ton of notes of like, Ah, I need to hit this point and this point and this point and <laughs> and that can get That's
1: why I do have a lot of pieces of paper flying around <laughs> in my videos. Yes. Yes. Uh,
0: but it yeah uh. <laughs> but it can get like it can get pretty like it can get pretty hectic and frustrating at some points. And that's like I think how that works to your benefit is like when people see like someone from an older generation do these things that come off like or present these videos and show off these things that are really really that 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 they're very fond of it comes off really mm. sincere and i think people mm. are attached to that and that's like uh yeah. that's a that's a vibe that a lot of people would wish they could grab you mm-hmm. know
1: yeah yeah i think if you're really genuine about something and just try and convey that in a natural, straightforward manner, then that will come across. (laughs) It does. Um, A a lot of people try and pretend to be something they're not, or I talk to a lot of people who are frightened to start up something like on YouTube or whatever because they think they're not going to be perfect and i have the advantage of old age you see because i've i've been through so many experiences and i've made so many mistakes in my life and hey, i've mucked up so many things that i know this is just normal this is part of life you know <laughs> this is how you learn you you just carry on you know mm. um and actually Being super perfect is sort of like, I think uh, you mentioned it just before, it can be almost off-putting because you've got this perfect surface and it's like wow and you stare at it and you're mesmerized <laughs> but you're actually losing what is this about right you know? it, it
0: it can come across it can come across as like very sterile when like yes a lot yeah. more people enjoy things yeah. that are they enjoy things in people who are more charismatic
1: I, i'm totally happy to come across as my my videos as not perfect and just sometimes sometimes higgledy-piggledy you know uh, (laughs) because it actually tells people you know i'm a normal human being and i'm just doing what i want to do and what i like doing so uh, i i think people really connect with that for sure so uh, another thing
2: that we have noticed that like uh, you know anytime that there's a video where you're in your gaming room. Uh you have a lot of uh figures. And um <laughs> I, I, I also collect figures, not not that many, but you know, uh I noticed that you have a a Fate figure, which is nice. Uh yeah. you know, a, a little stallfo. Yeah. Um so I wanted to ask, uh, you if you wanted to just talk a little bit about anime that you like, because I'm actually on an anime podcast too, so <laughs> I have to uh, I have to do my job and talk about anime. <laughs> um, You're double dipping. So what are some anime that you like?
1: Okay, I don't get enough time to watch anime, I feel. Um, I'm not terribly knowledgeable about it. Uh, I suppose... I like watching it together with Mm Poodlepah, and he's only fairly recently really (laughs) developed a taste for it as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I've been going on and on about Steins Gate. Okay. Steins Gate is my top visual novel. I think it's a masterpiece, and... Uh, For me, it's the best visual novel I have encountered so far. So I decided... to watch the anime as well, because most people say it's excellent. And uh, Poodlepa joined me, and that was a wonderful experience because that I could relive the story because I'd played the game. Uh, you know, it's now a while ago, at least a few mm-hmm. years. And we then recently decided to go on and watch Steinsgate Zero as well. Mm-hmm. And that is proving uh, an equally interesting experience. So we're nearing the end. It's getting very exciting. <laughs> um, so uh, that's one anime we've uh, watched recently um you should have alerted me because i haven't got my little <laughs> uh, notes that, about anime uh, <laughs>
2: so, so uh,
1: i can't pull out a, a lot off the top of my head that's um, fine i'm i'm rather fond of sometimes of very silly ones sure uh, like corner Kono, like konosuba is a favorite of mine yeah uh, I, I love the characters in that, and I do have a figurine of Aqua, the uh, one of the main characters. The, she's uh, great. Mm-hmm. She's, she's great, yeah. Um, so Konosuba, another very long anime uh, that we were completely gripped by is you know ah yes a girl at the I I've, I've got the game I did an unboxing mm-hmm. for the limited edition of the game which came out uh, recently uh and I got that because I I'd, I'd watched the anime and I was just blown away by that despite the age you know it doesn't matter it's it's just got fantastic characters and in an, and an incredible story. So Mm -hmm. uh, that was another favourite. But otherwise, I tend to just um, uh, browse around and see what I can find because we're a bit limited in New Zealand. The, The streaming for anime is now pretty good I would say but we certainly don't have the the range and depth right. available as, as you would in the United States right. you know we're, we're a small country with a small market so um, uh, m- most of the major anime I can access yeah so mm-hmm. if there's any particular anime you, you want to check with me just fire <laughs> off uh, ti- titles at me and I can tell you whether I've seen it <laughs> or not sure but- I-, I was
2: going to ask Actually though, um, because I, I do think this might be a contentious topic. Uh how do you mm. think the Steinsgate anime holds up to the game?
1: Um Hmm, yeah, that's the um, $100,000 question, isn't it? Uh, uh, if, if, you, it obvi- if you'd rather
2: not stir up any trouble, I would understand.
1: <laughs> it's okay. I live in a, fa-
2: controversy.
1: in a faraway country in the South Pacific.
0: <laughs> yeah, who's going to find you?
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I think it holds up very well because okay. otherwise we would not have watched it through right to the end I think they muffed the ending Ooh. for the anime okay. I have to say I think it's perfect in the visual novel mm-hmm. and uh, ending on uh, adding on that bit at the end sort of watered it down for me a bit that's the only proviso I have okay. about the anime. Otherwise, they did a very good job of trying to integrate all the you know, the different story arcs mm-hmm. with the different timelines. Must have been an absolute nightmare to construct that. I could imagine. I, I think they've done it very well and uh, pretty much uh, my impression of Steins Zero the sequel is pretty similar so far. Okay. I had quite a discussion on my channel about Another visual novel uh, called Chaos Child, which is part right. of the science adventure series, and I'm sure you're familiar with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and because there are uh, several stories in that whole series, and and they have anime versions, uh, and we were discussing the um, pros and cons of uh, the various ones for Chaos Child and Chaos Head in particular. Um and, and it gets really um quite difficult there and there are quite conflicting opinions about that. Um so I feel Steinsgate is pretty straightforward because it is without a question a good anime. You can't say it's bad. Right. I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't accept that from anybody. <laughs> Whereas with with other anime, I can see how uh, opinions would be much more divided. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I can un- see the pros and cons. But uh, with Steinsgate I think it's pretty straightforward from my point of view. Yeah, of course. So, um, but it's um, it, you're right in that um, uh, people who are really into one particular anime or anime series can get extremely hot under the collar <laughs> over over the slightest detail <laughs> so i don't mind putting my foot in you know it's just my opinion in the end sure you know? absolutely i'm just one person it's my opinion that that's we all see whatever's on the screen in front of us <laughs> we all see it differently you just have to think <laughs> about a police investigation when they when they try and interview several people who We've all witnessed the same incident, and everybody will give a different story. You know, mm-hmm. they've actually seen and heard different things. It's right. absolutely amazing. So it's the same way with us watching uh, anime or playing a visual novel or a game. You know, right. we will all experience it very, very differently, mm-hmm. and that's for me one of the things I love because. It's just so eye-opening sometimes being able to talk to other people who've played the same game but seen something completely different and experienced it in in a wildly different way. And if you just have to be open-minded, mm-hmm. I think, you know. Of course. Um, that, that, yeah, that, but that's an important skill, and it can be, you know, difficult, especially for younger people. Some of them still have to learn that, so... I see my role sometimes a bit as an auntie, if you know what I mean. Sure. <laughs> yeah, and, and I get comments to that effect. And then I think, yeah, okay, I've done actually done a good job, you know, <laughs> encouraging <laughs> encouraging people to think maybe along a different track and accept that somebody else has a different opinion, you know. Sure. It, it sounds so easy and simple, but it isn't in real life.
0: Uh, it's interesting hearing about the, the kind of anime that you've, like, that you've come up with and like what, what immediately has caught your eye because when, when I, when I was growing up as like a kid in the nineties and the early 2010s, like Mm -hmm. a lot of, a lot of like the stuff we latched onto was like, was like Cowboy Bebop and everything on adult swim, like, like a Toonami stuff, like Gundam, like Dragon Ball Z. And that's like, that's like pretty much what I attach with the anime at this point. I, I, I only catch like a few things every now and then. I've been really into uh I've been really into Jojo because everyone's into JoJo. But also it's really, really good. So like mm-hmm. that's really interesting. Um I <laughs> this is gonna sound like a silly question. How do you feel about the original PSP?
1: The original PSP.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: You mean the PlayStation Portable?
0: Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah, okay. Uh, well, uh, how do I feel about it? It's it's a fantastic earlier portable <laughs> device. <laughs> sure. It made
0: way for the Vita, and that's what matters.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, what is there not to like?
0: I mean- <laughs> <laughs> UMD discs, everything, you yeah. know? It's got all everything you would need. Yeah.
1: And uh, I... I held out the longest time because I I had a Vita and then I bought more Vitas Mm
2: -hmm. and I
1: I always felt like I could play PSP games on my Vita and that was all I needed, so I thought, don't be silly, don't add another console, you don't (laughs) need it. It's okay. You don't need a PSP. I told myself for years.
0: (laughs) It's okay. That thing breaks really easily. I
1: sometimes got a bit weak, but I always said, no, you got to, you know, put your foot down. (laughs) Don't be silly. And then a friend, a Vita friend of mine happened to mention that she had a PSP that she was wanting to retire because she'd finished with it. Right. And she was going to put it up for sale. And... She said, it's a pink PSP. Mm-hmm. And I just said, hello, I want it. <laughs> <laughs> and that was just, I just surprised myself. You know, it was just like that, literally. I just said, I want that PSP. And I knew she would have looked after it well. Right. So she, she bundled it up. And sent it to me all the way from Japan. And wow. boy, it was such an exciting day to get that PSP. <laughs> and I made a video about it, yes. <laughs> oh, nice. And I love that PSP, I really do. And I thought, well, uh, I started looking. I knew there was about a handful of games that I couldn't get digitally. Uh, On the Vita here in my region that were PSP games, I thought maybe five or six I needed to catch up with RPGs, you know, which is what I'm into. And then I started looking and I found more and more games. And I now have a library of, I think, 60 physical PSP games. Oh, wow. Yeah, Uh, not all of them RPG, but but the the main bulk of them. Right. Uh, So uh, once you start digging, it's a rabbit hole, yeah. So, anyway, I'm very, very happy to have my <laughs> PSP. And uh, I-, I feel I got into gaming sort of at the <laughs> end of the life cycle of the truly portable consoles.
0: <laughs> of the one game.
1: The, the, the 3DS is finishing now. It's yeah. practically finished. Uh, the PSP has obviously been legacy for a while. The Vita is now officially legacy. Uh, any portable gaming we're getting, any portable console gaming, is hybrid and that's the yeah. switch and i can't really see that changing to be honest yeah that
0: was kind of how it was going a little bit too because we saw stuff like the PS TV coming up which is just yeah. like it's a vita that you plug into your tv pretty yes. much that's it and also like you could just stream i believe you could stream your vita to your t- to like your ps4 and like your ps4 to your vita which is like a very weird system but yeah. i know some people who really enjoyed excuse that
1: excuse me it's not weird it's called <laughs> it's called remote play and it's no you're right it's one of the biggest features of the vita and <laughs> sony simply did not promote it properly right, you're right we have, i gotta agree we <laughs> We have people arriving on Vita Island daily and you tell them they can remote play and (laughs) their jaw drops to the floor. (laughs) They... They bought Evita, and they had no idea they could do that. It's it's absolutely amazing, and with the with a few little tweaks of your system at home, uh, you can make it so it runs uh, really well. You know, mm-hmm. you don't That's have excellent. to have um, you know your connection dropping and all that. Uh, there pe- plenty. I'm just saying, if there are people out there interested in remote play but having problems setting it up, visit hashtag Vita Island on Twitter, <laughs> there is somebody there who can help you tweak your settings and your setup so you can have a very good remote play. Uh, <laughs> I, I know people who take their Vitas um, to work or even traveling by plane somewhere to some other location, and they're still playing their PS4 remotely on their Vita. Wow, I am not kidding.
0: That's that's legitimately really cool.
1: <laughs> I I suppose you could call it weird. Yeah,
0: <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I didn't mean it in a rude way. Uh, fantastically weird. Yeah.
1: No, it's absolutely <laughs> amazing, and it's an it's a crime that this was not promoted properly, mm-hmm. and they didn't keep refining it and right. you know it's just there's it's uh, it's in other
0: I, iterations like you can um you can remote play your ps4 like on your pc which is really mm. weird i said yes. weird again sorry sorry <laughs> i'm so sorry uh, but you can also like uh you can also like share a controller to people also who like don't own a game but yeah. Still want to mm-hmm. play with you on a PS4, and that's also yeah. through the remote play feature. Yeah. It's got yes. a lot of really, really interesting applications,
1: yes. And all this, I, I I haven't tried the PC connection myself, uh, but I believe those are all fairly recent features that have been added in. I think um, they've been around on the PS4 for a while. Uh, the connection with PC, yeah, I believe so, for quite a uh, few oh, years. Oh, okay, though, it's like
0: it, it, it's like. A separate window, basically, that mm-hmm. you just like stream your PS4 directly mm-hmm. to your PC. Yeah. It's yeah. In my experience, it is not the best video quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. But it does work.
1: Yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm obviously not up with uh, with all that. Um, but the they. they uh, you're uh, the right. PS... They don't
0: talk about it enough.
1: PS Vita a remote play has been going as long as there's been a PS4. Right. And before that, of course, the the Vita had a very good connection to the PS3. Uh, You couldn't do remote play the same way you do on the PS4. It had to be um, integrated into the the game, so the developer had to incorporate that to make it possible. There are only very few games that took advantage of that on the PS3. But otherwise, the connection between PS Vita and PS3 is very strong, and a lot of people find that certain games they can only get by connecting to the PS3 store, downloading it from there, and then installing it on their Vita um, and I've certainly done that with a few games, especially the, the US stores like that. Right. Uh, and I use my PS3 hard drive as a storage medium for my Vita installation files.
0: Oh, that's really neat.
1: Yeah, it's really neat. Um, you know, you can back up to that. to your PC, obviously. There's a content manager. You can use a piece of software. And that works well, too. Uh, but I just find it very convenient because I can download it straight from the PS3 store onto my PS3 hard drive. And if I ever need to pull the installation file, I'll just uh, connect up my Vita uh, with a cable and off I go. So uh, awesome. they, 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 there was lots of things that Sony um, integrated early on that because the Vita in their eyes failed... They never really pursued right. any of that, but the possibilities were immense. I thought, and they basically said, "Nope, we're just going to drop it, and that's <laughs> that." And that was their, uh, obviously, a corporate decision. <laughs> and I, I don't want to get into a whining about it, you know, because we've <laughs> we've been through all that, <laughs> uh, and uh, we've had to accept that that's the outcome. Yeah. Uh, but there are a lot of features that people often aren't aware of that were built into both PS3 and PS4 uh, that allow um, interaction with the Vita. Awesome.
0: I think we're getting ready to wrap up. Is there any, do you have any other, like, uh, final thoughts you'd want to talk about the Vita or anything before we uh, close on up here?
1: I just want to mention if there are people listening who are interested in the Vita, <laughs> either in getting a Vita or getting games for the Vita, both is becoming more difficult difficult for obvious reasons right. um, there are very few new Vita consoles mm-hmm. out there you pretty much have to import from Japan and it's getting very very expensive so you, you have to really look for second hand Vitas right. I believe there are still enough in the United States in that domestic market because you know that's big enough so mm-hmm. uh, you should always be able to pick up second hand Vita and not too expensive uh, but the other thing people need to watch out for is the memory cards. If they want to use the um, original genuine Sony memory cards, those are getting harder to find and more hmm. and more expensive. We've seen prices going up.
0: Oh, wow. And
1: this, yes, I'm afraid so. We do monitor that sort of thing on Vita Island and put out regular messages, but I just wanted to... Get the message out there. If, if you're interested, please don't delay too long. You know, it's getting more difficult by the day. And the same applies to physical games. Some of them are getting... Much harder to track down, and we've seen with certain games, uh, sudden price explosions. The most famous example would be Persona 4 Golden, right, uh, which has uh, suddenly become, you know, practically unaffordable for many people. If you see something and you've got the cash in your pocket, I wouldn't hesitate, you know, do jump on it. Because um, it, it's inevitable, you know the the supply and demand situation is is getting more difficult by the day. Yeah, yeah. the supply will shrink, and uh, we unfortunately see a lot of people now arriving on Vita Island saying, right. "Oh, I I wish I'd either hung on to my Vita or bought a Vita or a PS TV when they were still affordable, mm-hmm. or got that game." You know, it was breaking my heart, really, you know, right. I I don't like anybody missing out on the Vita experience.
0: That's why we're imploring Sony to release the Vita too.
1: Yeah, yeah, that that's really my closing word on that. <laughs>
0: Awesome! This has been an absolutely amazing conversation. Yeah. Thank you so much for for coming on and talking to us.
1: Thank you for having me, Scott and John. It's been a, it's been a, an unexpected and very surprising pleasure.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Uh, is there any place? Uh, where can people find you?
1: It's really simple, straightforward. You can find me on Twitter. I'm called Food for Dogs. And my and that is
0: the number four.
1: That is that is my name on Twitter, and that is my name on YouTube.
0: Awesome! Thank
1: you so much. Thank you both.